0: Welcome to the journey to manifesting podcast. My name is Sarah Prout. I'm a best-selling author inspirational speaker and creative entrepreneur. I live in Las Vegas with my husband and four children as an emotional empowerment expert. I am truly devoted to helping you create the life of your wildest dreams through the power of mindset meaning and manifestation. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 108. If you can believe it, I can't believe that there have been 108 episodes. Today's show topic and theme is a little bit controversial. So before we dive in, I just want to remind you of two things. The first thing is that I am not a doctor. I do not have a political agenda. I am not a journalist. This is simply my two cents and my perspective on what is happening in the world right now. And secondly, I want you to remember to filter it through your own lens of perception. So we have many different listeners in all parts of of the world. So really tune into what resonates with you and ditch the rest. (laughs) You know me, that's what I'm all about, finding the things that really land in your heart at the right time. I have one very powerful intention for this episode, and if you feel that after listening to this episode that you have the same intention sparked within you, I really encourage you to share this show amongst your friends. Share it on Facebook, send people a text, or however you listen to your podcasts. Find the share button and send it to somebody that you may have heard expressing the theme of today's show, which is fear. We have, in the last few months, seen this virus gain a lot of media attention, the coronavirus or COVID-19 as it's called, and it is currently in most countries in the world and where I am in the US, there are now, uh, I think... I don't even know the current numbers. There are about nine or 10 people that have sadly passed away from this terrible virus. And so, what I want you to do is listen to this episode with an open heart, with an open mind, but yet at the same time, with a keen sense of practicality. So, to give you a little example, I just got back from a trip to Los Angeles. I went to an event hosted by Mind Valley called Mind Valley Live. And it was a crowded situation. There were about a thousand people there and people are hugging and shaking hands and doing all of that kind of thing. And the host of the event gave us a very powerful reminder, which I want to share with you guys today. And that is to be more mindful about our levels of hygiene. I know it's like, it's a a crazy notion to think, hey, maybe we should wash our hands a little bit better, but it's true, whether it's the coronavirus, the threat of um, you know, transmittable germs coming into our environment and, and uh, being contracted by our families, we need to be more diligent with how we sanitize our hands, particularly uh, surfaces that we touch a lot. So I have <laughs> gone a little crazy and I have invested in more hand sanitizers and soaps and things like that that will make sure that my family, who lead a very busy life, have clean germ-free hands. Now, keep in mind, I was given a, how do I put this, a drill (laughs) about three or four weeks ago now. It's probably about a month. Time's just kind of morphing right now. I can't believe we're already in March of 2020. Um, A few weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, my daughter Ava was very sick and she had all of the, uh, the usual suspects of it was a fever. It was the shakes. She had diarrhea. She was not herself. And so one morning I took her to the hospital. We took her to the emergency room and they did some tests and she was diagnosed with something called RSV, which is a highly infectious viral respiratory disease or illness. It is, um, it affects the upper and lower respiratory tract, not unlike the coronavirus and this extreme intense illness had gone through pretty much all of our family and it was circulating back and forth probably for about a month and it was Ava that got it the worst because it affects young children much more than it does healthy adults with a reasonably strong immune system and so (laughs) Our nanny, Natalie, she was um, disinfecting all of the toys and um, you can't buy it here in the States, but I used to use this when I disinfected the kids' baby bottles when they were little. Uh, It's called Milton. It's this tablet that you dissolve in water and it turns it into sterile sterile. (laughs) How how do you guys say that in the States? Um, It turns it into a germ-free water that you can put in things like pacifiers or bottles or things like that. So we just put everything through a a mixture of Milton and it smells like chlorine. It's almost like a pool. I kind of like that smell. Um, And we've been doing that ever since. We have been diligent about germs But what we have to be even more diligent about, and this is the theme of today's show, is the amount of fear that we allow into our environment, into our conversations, into our thoughts, because I don't know about you, but I'm feeling slightly anxious about the uh, the photos of supermarkets where all of the toilet paper is gone, for instance. I mean, that is where that scarcity mindset comes in where we're not looking out for each other. It would be fantastic if we could have this kind of thing happen in society where this virus sweeps through everybody and potentially uh, threatens um, the way that we do things and interrupts our daily pattern and all of that kind of thing where we take care of each other where we're not hoarding all of the toilet paper (laughs) that we can and not helping out our neighbors or our friends or anybody that's struggling because there is enough for everybody. But when you have that scarcity, oh, I've got to have a monopoly on all of their hand sanitizer and toilet paper and wipes and face masks, then we've got a problem. And just another reminder as well that It's been said by many of the leading experts that you should only wear a face mask if you are sick and you could possibly infect other people. And what I saw in Los Angeles was all of these people walking around with masks. And then the other thing was on the plane on the way there, there was some guy that was coughing. And my first thought isn't, oh, I'm sorry, he has a bad cough. I hope he's going to be okay. It's, oh, shit, I hope that's not the coronavirus so and and then I was in Macy's the department store the other day and two people sneezed at the same time and people looked around like kangaroos in Australia you can see their heads popping up and their eyes kind of looking both ways it's almost comical but we've got to remember that this isn't an opportunity to separate Ourselves from other human beings, this is a powerful reminder that we can be part of a bigger community, that we can look after each other in the face of this um, this I, I want to use the word threat, and I guess it is a threat if it's getting that much media attention. But then at the same time, here's a question that I want to ask you: Do you take the media seriously? Are you questioning what you read? because you might want to do that. And we are living in, especially in the United States right now, we have an election coming up this year. So there's a lot of political motivation behind the scenes that I don't think anybody can really understand. And the media and journalists and the platforms that are spreading either misinformation or fear-mongering inspiration, (laughs) fear-mongering and inspiration don't really go in the same breath, do they? But fear-mongering and inspiring you to go to Costco and get all of the toilet paper isn't helpful. It's not helpful. It's actually detracting from the bigger vision of unity and coming together in the face of adversity. Do not let fear win. But also at the same time, you don't want to be irresponsible as well. So this is where I want to talk about the most important ways that you can be prepared at the same time. I remember when I was contemplating moving to America from Australia and I was looking at the government websites and a lot of their recommendations and especially either Las Vegas or California and what it said on the websites back then was that you need to have an emergency kit or for the Californian people out there an earthquake survival kit and it recommends on the website that you have at least two weeks of supplies, So two weeks of water, two weeks of uh, canned goods or toilet paper, and you should already have that there. So the fact that this virus is sweeping through and everybody's going into a mad panic preparing themselves at this moment is just a reminder to be prepared no matter what. I mean, here's the thing. We could get hit by an asteroid tomorrow or there could be nuclear war that breaks out or anything could happen. So it's always smart to be prepared. It's not always smart, though, to be paranoid. Okay, there's a huge difference. There's the same argument could be said for... um law of attraction people out there and I know this podcast is called The Journey to Manifesting and for those of you that say well I don't want to get health or travel insurance because if I do it's saying to the universe okay you are going to be used or necessary and an accident or a medical emergency will happen and that's simply not true. What you're showing the universe when you are prepared, when you are insured, when you are ready for anything is that you are indeed that. You are ready for anything. Anything bring it on because your your environment is safe and it 's stable now what isn't particularly safe and stable is your emotional environment, how you are feeling through this time, how you are navigating that fear it seems to be everywhere you go on uh, facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, the news feeds everywhere on Twitter is How this virus will impact the economy, how it will uh, impact uh, revenue for businesses and people traveling and canceling their plans. And I saw this in Los Angeles a couple of days ago. I had a photo shoot on Monday. um, And for two weeks, two weeks ago, I booked in my uh, blowout at a hair salon. And they got there. And I got there and they're like, oh, we're sorry. We're running a bit behind at the moment. A couple of stylists don't want to come in because they're afraid of the coronavirus. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is this is kind of nutty. Um, but at the same time, honoring that process, because we're all at different phases of the cycle of awareness. No one's better than the other. And when you are confronted with something so big and so scary, such as a viral pandemic, <laughs> of course, we're naturally going to go to fear. But when we do this, you guys remember this with everything that I teach, when you feel fear. It's an invitation to come back to what is important, what's meaningful, what's real, being prepared, but at the same time, hoping for the best, trusting that it's not going to be as bad as we all think it is. And if it is, if it happens to be the worst case scenario, that this is a time that unfolds in our history where a lot of people lose their lives, which is so sad. Here's the reality. There are so many thousands upon thousands of people in the time that we've all been worrying about this virus and the deaths that it has been taken, there are people that have lost their lives to cancer, to pneumonia. There are people that were born into this world and died as soon as they were out of their mother. There are people that have ended their life intentionally. People are dying all the time, every single second of the day. People are shuffling off and people are coming on in. People, It's a cycle, Right? Nobody gets out of this alive and that it's the fear of that reminder that nobody has this ticket to immortality. We have not been bitten by by vampires and we will not be over 200 years old, as far as I know, unless somebody cures um, death. (laughs) But I don't think that that's likely to happen. But what you can do right now is navigate that fear with a sense of curiosity of what the fear can show you. So, what this essentially boils down to is responsibility. If I had to think of a keyword that would be an umbrella term for everything that I mentioned today, it's responsibility in three key ways. And these are the three key ways. Number one is Be more responsible for your own personal hygiene. So uh, making sure that you're washing your hands, that you're not coughing on other people, that if you do need to cough, you're coughing into your elbow and all of the hand sanitizer stuff and making sure that your surfaces are kept clean and perhaps you stay away from, you know, large crowds of people for a little while. No big deal. But be responsible with how you physically interact with other human beings. Secondly, make sure that you navigate internally the fear that you are feeling and that you're not buying into paranoia or scarcity. This is so important to question whatever you read, to feel into your own truth and do what feels right for you, but at the same time be prepared. So as I said, wherever you live in the United States or around the world, a natural disaster could strike, right? It doesn't matter where you live, it could happen, or it could be a virus. Make sure that you have those two weeks of supplies so you know that you're covered. So those, <laughs> whether you like baked beans or tin peaches or whatever it is, make sure that you have enough nourishment, nutrients, water, and toilet paper to last that two weeks. So don't go stockpiling like the end is coming, but make sure that you're there and also hold the awareness and the uh, willingness that if somebody else needs your help so if for god you know god forbid that we all run out of toilet paper and your neighbor knocks on the door and says hey can i can i borrow like a bit of toilet paper you say yes because this is all about the work that we do here the energy that you put out there comes back to you right this is exactly the same that we're all in this together Thirdly, make sure that you are minimizing any contact with people that are at risk. So what we have seen with this virus, if we are to read the media and believe everything that they say and look at the stats of the people that have been really affected by this virus and and most respiratory viruses, whether it is RSV or pneumonia, um, is to be more mindful of your interactions with elderly people. Make sure that you go back to number one responsibility. Wash your hands. Be very, very careful with you know, how you speak. So <laughs> say it, don't spray it. <laughs> um, and I know I'm laughing here, but just remember that this time will pass, that we don't, no one knows how this is going to unfold. It is another beautiful opportunity to get comfortable with the uncertainty comfortable with the uncertainty. you're never always safe. you're never not going to have the threat of being taken out of the game, okay? Um, this is just part and parcel of being a human being at this this point in time. I mean we've seen this happen time and time again throughout history that you know um, viruses happen or natural disasters happen or I mean you know there are there are always things, that come along unexpectedly, but we cannot live in fear because a life lived in fear is a life half lived. But you need to keep your eyes open. You need to be prepared. You need to not buy into the fear mongering. So thirdly, I want you to remember Be very mindful and responsible with how you converse with other human beings because as much as this virus is spreading through human contact or droplets of spit or whatever it is, the fear is so much more contagious. The fear has actually touched more lives than this virus has. So just keep that in mind. Your personal responsibility is to show up and remind people, hey, let's just be present with each other, show up as a community and we can get through this. We can get through anything and we're all going to take care of each other and we're going to make sure we hold the vision that whatever this virus is, goes away. It minimizes in its potential to create more havoc, that it actually just dissipates And we forget about it. Kind of like uh, Y2K in the year 1999, party like it's 1999. I remember that year. So many people were freaking out about the idea of the internet crashing and that would impact the stock market and electricity and, I don't know, even gravity. And I remember people stockpiling food just leading up to New Year's Eve. The toilet paper went missing again on the shelves of the supermarket because people were in that mode of fear and that mode of scarcity. Now, two things happen when you're in that state of fear. Your immune system actually... It actually drops in terms of the strength it has to hold up against viruses when you are in a state of fear. Now, I don't know how that can be scientifically proven, but I'm sure it has in some cases where that fear then attracts, you know, the just feeling unwell. i don't I don't want to I don't want to put any labels on there, so you're going, Oh my God, I'm feeling fear, fearful, I'm going to get a virus. Any virus doesn't matter what it is. Just remember to be mindful, to seek joy to be as present as possible. So watch funny movies, but at the same time be prepared. (laughs) Talk to your friends about things that uh, you're excited about and you're dreaming about and visions for the future, but be prepared, okay? Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Be mindful of your physical interactions with other human beings and be smart about it. This is our opportunity to get really, really good are taking personal responsibility for how we're showing up in the world and that we are being more mindful of shaking people's hands and or um in the supermarket when you use the ATM machine or you're paying by card make sure that you have some hand sanitizer <laughs> if you can or alcohol based stuff or essential oils things that keep you calm and relaxed i also wanted to talk a little bit here about stigma and judgment. So, just keep in mind that this virus cannot be spread um, or target people from specific populations, ethnicities, or racial backgrounds. Um, people that, and I'm I'm reading this from the CDC document that's on the website that if we um, If we judge people uh, for potentially having the virus, whether they've got a weird cough or whether they have, uh, you know, they've been in Asia or wherever, this can make the fear and the anxiety worsen. So this is why this episode is so important, to really show that there's social support here, that you're not alone, that we're all in this together, but also do the right thing. If you do feel sick, if you do feel like something's not quite right and you may have um, feelings of being not well that you haven't had before, contact your healthcare provider. Don't be silly about it and realize that, you know, I was thinking about this, um, you know, if I felt sick, I'd think, ooh, do I call the doctor because they might think that I have the coronavirus? But just remember, this is so important to remember, that in America right now, it is still flu and respiratory virus season. So just because you feel unwell, you may actually have the flu. You may actually just have the common cold. Don't go to the worst case scenario. However, be smart about it. And if you do think that there is even the slightest remote possibility that you have this illness, reach out for help. There's no shame in reaching out for help because you you want to really minimize the risk of exposure to other human beings. And that's just not being a, I was going to say asshole, and I guess I just said it. <laughs> so don't be weird about it. This is what this kind of uh, hysteria Prompts within society and hysteria. I mean, that's a really funny word because that's what men used to accuse women of having many, many decades ago, which um, stemmed from uh, their uterus hysterectomy. I don't even know, hysteria. <laughs> I don't know how I veered off track there. But anyway, just remember that this outbreak is mentally and emotionally challenging. So the more support that you can seek, the better. If you have somebody that you can call, whether it's your, um, your family, your parents, your siblings, whoever it is, just remember that there's no shame in saying, Hey, I'm feeling a little bit freaked out right now by what's going on. Um, let's have a cup of tea and talk about this. And, uh, let's talk about this over a cup of tea and some hand sanitizer. (laughs) Be, be, you know, lighthearted about it, because ultimately that's the only way that we're all going to get through this together. When Ava, Ava Moonbeam, or Ava Moon, (laughs) that's a real name, was sick a few weeks ago with RSV, and she was struggling for her, her next breath, every moment when she was in the hospital and she was hooked up to a little oxygen machine and I could see her belly going in a wave as she was taking each breath and she was struggling and she had boogers and a fever and she was like just not herself. It was really scary. I was really afraid for her. And What was really cool is seeing how the nursing staff in the hospital were responding because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, so many children and people die each year from RSV. It's a very contagious virus. And the nurse said that most of the children in that hospital ward in those particular days had RSV and that she was going to get better. And you know what? There are no guarantees in life. There could have been a reality where she didn't make it. There could have been. And that scares me. It terrifies me. So if I'm saying these words to you about don't allow the fear to consume you and be practical about what you can do, then trust me, I've been through this kind of virus affecting my family recently. Now, I'm not saying that there's any comparison between RSV and whatever this coronavirus does to the human system. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. But what I do know is that my daughter was really Struggling, She was very sick and there's nothing you can do. There's no medicine. You just ride it out. And what I did was that I got her into the space of um, hearing the affirmations that I was delivering to her. Thank you for having such a strong body. What if you did that to your own body? What if you said, hey, thank you for having a strong body. Thank you for having a strong immune system. These are all things that we can do to strengthen our trust in the universe and that everything is unfolding in perfect divine timing. And I know that that might not bring comfort to the people that have lost their loved ones, but we all lose loved ones at one point or another. I mean, um, I know this virus is affecting the elderly um, my dad, for instance, is one of the high risk groups in Australia. He has a COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder. Uh, that is a how do I even explain COPD? It's a progressive lung disease. Uh, he's had pneumonia at least three times, I think, and pleurisy, and he's 73 years old. So when he goes to work or when he goes to the supermarket, he is at greater risk. So if you're in Australia and Melbourne particularly, and I am saying this for selfish reasons, please be more mindful of, uh, you know, how you sneeze, where you put your tissues, all that kind of stuff, not to the point of paranoia, but just being responsible so that we don't spread this virus to the people that are the most vulnerable. It is scary. I am frightened that this could just sweep the world and take out those that are at risk. And um, it's it's a reminder, though, that nothing's given. You could There are people that get lost all the time, whether they get hit by a bus or, I mean, it's all, it sounds all doom and gloom here, but I want to remind you. More than anything, to tune into your higher wisdom, to trust in the process and the opportunity and the gift that we've been given in getting comfortable with that uncertainty, that the fear is actually training us in the most beautiful way to remember that we're human beings and that nothing is permanent, that we have this love that we all share, that we're all connected to oneness. If we choose to, we can choose separation. Um, but just because perhaps we're told to self-quarantine doesn't mean we have to self-quarantine from other human beings to forget that yeah if you are afraid that's okay move through it do things to distract you read books watch funny movies I've said that before and make sure that you examine what you are reading because it is more than likely an exacerbated form of some kind of truth. Who knows? Nobody knows for sure. You only really know when it lands on your doorstep and you experience it firsthand. So this is why it's so important to be prepared. And I know I've said that a lot throughout this episode, but it is so important. Be prepared. Two weeks of stuff that you need and then guide the conversations away from fear because you are a strong human being. And we have the capability if we all link arms and go together to fight against this fear, which also fights against this virus and the impact that it has on all of us emotionally, spiritually, physically, and uh, it'll be okay. And that's what I want to say for today. Thank you so much for being here with me. As always, it has been a pleasure. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you feel that intuitive nudge to share this show with your friends to give them a little bit of a peace of mind or um help them to navigate whatever they might be going through currently and then remind them of course to be prepared (laughs) said it again um please do so that would mean the world to me all right lots of love i'll speak to you soon